Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! (laughs) You in your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. Come on! Can you believe it? My name is Ariel, and I'm um, broadcasting live from Hollywood, California, and I am so excited today because I have a dear friend and sister in the Lord. Her name is Sonia Brondrich, and we're going to be talking to her momentarily. But first, I just want to come before the Father. Father, I just thank you for today. Father, you have ordained this day. Father, you have ordained this broadcast. You have ordained everything that is going to transpire because I know that Sonia and I agree that have your way, Holy Spirit. Father, we ask that anyone listening, that you will prick their heart, that they will know that you are their Father. And if they don't know you, Lord, they will come to know your Son, Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the listeners that are listening now and even archived. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my Lord and my Redeemer. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to introduce Sonia Brondrich. She is an owner of a small publishing and editing company, and she's also authored a book entitled After Winter Comes Spring. And this book brings healing and restoration to the souls of those who have been deeply wounded. Now, Sonia is a religion guest columnist for the Daily Press in Virginia. And this is where she is given the opportunity to openly share the gospel with those who may not otherwise hear it. She's also have, um, she's also have co-host radio broadcasts, and she has just done a lot in the arts in her church. She's had conferences, and we're going to be talking about that. Through her own brokenness, she has a compassion for the hurting, which draws people to her. It is not uncommon for her to pray for people in the grocery stores, in the streets, that evangelistic heart. And I tell you, it's just awesome. Sonia believes that God wants to reach people from all walks of life. That is so true. And it's her belief that restoration can only happen with a relationship with Christ. Now, she desires to share this message of hope and faith with as many people as possible. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the broadcast, Sonia Brundridge. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you so very much. It's a delight to be with you, Kathy. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, when I was... I'm so um, excited. One of the things that um, I want to tell you, listeners, is every show, the Holy Spirit will let me know what to either talk about 
a who to bring on, and it's always by the Spirit. And, and Sonia and I will talk every once in a while, catch up, but then God just starts putting things together and, and things are shared, and we just, I, I get so blessed in listening to her because she's a, a great Bible teacher, and I know there's a part in this broadcast that I want her to teach a little bit on something that she, that she had just recently taught at a conference she held. And before that, I want to be able to go into Sonia. You know, you had said when I had um, talked to you and I had asked you some of the people, um, the songs you like, and I remember you mentioned a lady by the name of Danabelle Hall. And yes. she was an uh, amazing gospel artist. And for this segment we're going in now, because, Sonia, after this, I play this, I want you to talk a little bit about what you – uh, what the Lord is leaning on your heart as as far as to share about your salvation, how you came to know the Lord, what, you know, when you heard this song, you, she doesn't even know what I'm going to play, but I know she's probably heard this, but when I was listening to this song, it is so true to what you are about as we go to the rock of our salvation. So with that, we're going to listen to I Go to the Rock by Danabelle Hall. Amen. Till de svarta gospelkyrkorna i Kalifornien i USA. Och den som tar oss med dit är Danny Bell. And so 
in childlike faith, I just waited. I waited and waited and waited. And on my birthday, nothing happened. (laughs) Two days after my birthday, (laughs) two days after my birthday, I just, I felt compelled to get on my knees and to accept Christ into my heart as my Savior. And I remember looking out the the window thinking, okay, if something is like a light going to brighten up outside or is something going to happen in the window, and I'm sitting there looking to see because I'm asking God, show me that you heard my prayer. And immediately at that moment I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, and I just trembled all over at the presence of God. And I did that night after night after night for months. And so that was the birthday gift. That's how I got saved, and that was my experience. And it just, I I was transformed by that. Wow. So let me get this straight. You asked God for a birthday present. Did you say specifically what you wanted, or you just said you wanted a present? And then. I told the Lord specifically, I said, you know, I don't want it to be something that any human can give me. But I didn't understand. As a child, you know, I'm 12. I don't understand what that means. I'm like, let me know. It's something that only God could give me. So I'm expecting it's not going to be, you know, an outfit or a game or, you know, whatever. I just believe that when I got it, I was going to know this is a God gift. <laughs> and sure enough, he gave me this gift of always. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, I, didn't, I, I didn't even understand that that was called a gift. But at the time, I mean, I just asked God for a gift, and that's the one he chose to give me. And, wow, what a gift. <laughs> Praise God. Well, here's another thing that came up because I I know, you know, the listeners are probably saying, well, on your birthday, there's nothing happened. Were you discouraged? You know, I I don't know. I can't remember exactly what happened as far as was I discouraged or not. I just, I think I was still kind of expectant and uh, just waiting for God, just really waiting for him, kind of thinking, you know, it, it can happen any time, but there was something happening so much in my heart at that age, you know, for for a couple of months there were things that God was doing to really prick and, and, and prod at my heart because, like I said, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, and I prayed that prayer, and some things began to happen. Like um, we went to the, to the county fair, and I found a, a track on the ground, and it was a, a little chick track, and it explained the plan of salvation, and it really t- touched my heart. And then I remember going to school, and it was towards the last of school, and this man came in, and he talked about how our hearts are as red as scarlet, and he held up a really red handkerchief, and he dipped it in a solution, and he said it can come out as white as snow. And I remember thinking, I didn't understand that because I was unchurched, but I thought, wow, you know, I I want a clean heart. I, I really would like my heart to be clean like that. And so I... In my childlike understanding, I thought that meant I need to start doing good things for everybody. And, and you know, where I had lied, told, tell people I had lied and start telling the truth. And, <laughs> you know, I started trying to change my actions. And then um, closer to the time, I saw a Billy Graham program. There was We only got four channels back in the country. And I think uh, one of them was on the snowy channel that didn't come in very clear, and that was football. And I didn't like football on TV anyway. And the other three channels were all Billy Graham <laughs> on every single channel, so I couldn't I couldn't hide from the gospel. And so I remember this man being on there, and he's saying him saying, "I'm a quadriplegic. I wish that I I wasn't. I wish I had all of my faculties and all the usage usage of my body to give to God, but I don't have that." He says, "But you, you give God your everything. Give Him your all." And I remember just looking at that, and it really touched my heart. And uh, so God was just really dealing with me, dealing with me. And then that night, two, two days after my birthday, I just, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll share this story. We, we were very poor, and I lived in a, in a house that was, was three rooms. I mean, that was it, three, three rooms in a hall. And uh, we had wood rats, which were big rats in our house. And um, at night they would come in. And I remember thinking, I was in my bed, and I, and I just felt this, this pull and this tug on my heart. And I thought, you know, I really feel like I've got to accept Jesus as my Savior. I really want my heart to be clean. And I remember thinking to myself, now, do I, how serious am I about this? Am I serious enough to get on my knees on the floor out of my bed and risk that a rat might come up beside me? <laughs> Because I was terrified, <laughs> you know. And I'm thinking, man, I have to be for real about this. And so I remember getting on my knees, 
And just that was like a, a surrender to me. I'm really surrendering to God. Fear aside, I'm going to get on my knees before God and do this the right way. And, you know, just that in that childlike faith, and then, bam, you know, God baptizes me in the Holy Spirit. And it was just, I mean, that power, and I was changed. I mean, I really was changed, like, immediately. Like, my my mom knew I was changed. People around me knew I was changed. I was, it was, I was transformed by the power of God, and it was just an awesome thing to me. And so I never doubted, is God real? Who is God? I knew God was real as a child, and, uh, and my mom wasn't real happy about it because, like I said, I wasn't churched. And here I was reading the Bible now, wanting to, you know, follow after Jesus and seek him, and I'm speaking this strange sound stuff, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it was not like an exciting thing around my house. It was a persecution thing for me to be a Christian and to start living this life where I wanted to start going to church and I wanted to start, you know, being godly. It, it, it's it, when, you're, when light enters in, it reveals darkness around, and a lot of times people are uncomfortable with that. And so here I was, this little 13-year-old girl, and uh, that made people uncomfortable. Wow. You know, just listening to you and just knowing a little bit about you, it is amazing coming from um, the background you did. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and not even knowing about it, but this was the gift God gave you. And you said you knew you had power. You knew it. You didn't hear about it, that that came with power. You just knew it. You just knew that, right? I knew that God was real. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I didn't doubt who was God. I I knew something had happened in my life. I, I I had experienced God. And and so I think a lot of times where you have people who are, are in, like, a church setting and they grow up in church and they, quote, unquote, do church, I didn't know what church was to do. <laughs> So the experience I was having and what I was reading in the Bible, it leaped off the pages at me. And I remember just reading this for the first time, hearing about this Jesus and hearing the stories about all these things. And just, I mean, it was transforming to me. It was so real to me. It was so awesome. I I remember being a child, you know, here I was 13, and I would read the Bible, and it was like I was getting to know this Jesus. And accepting him, believing him. So there wasn't anything really to filter it or to taint it in my mind. And so I remember um, I was forbidden to go to church. My mom was like, you ain't going down there with all those people talking about seeking no Holy Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I was not not allowed to go to church. I mean, I was kind of kept from from church when I – let me say – we went to a country church for a while. I was allowed to go to a country church for a while. But once we moved from that place where I had first gotten saved, I was forbidden to go to church after that. And um, my mom was just like, no, you're not going to church. And so I wasn't going on Sundays. I wasn't going on Wednesdays. So I had to watch church on TV. And I remember realizing that all the Christian people went to church on Wednesday nights. So I wanted to have church on Wednesday nights, too. And I would have church in my room. And so I was, what, maybe 13, 14 and I would get with my Bible, and I would just get before the Lord, and I would just have prayer meetings. And, I mean, I would have experiences where it felt like I was leaving, like, the earth. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but, you know, it was like I would be, it was like I was, I don't know how to describe it, but not that you want to call it an out-of-body experience, but I really would be, I, I would be in such deep prayer and intercession that I could see myself praying on the ground, you know, and it was like I would just have these incredible prayer meetings with the Lord. So by the time I actually went to, a, was allowed to go to a church setting and go to a youth group, it was like I was, I had to kind of dumb it down a little bit, water it down to fit in to the youth group because that wasn't the kind of outpouring or the kind of hunger, the kind of thirsting, the kind of fire for God that was in a youth group. There was a lot more playing and a lot more um, entertainment, a lot more of that kind of thing. And so I remember trying to understand, because I wasn't church, that, okay, this is church. And so I tried to fit into that. But, you know what I'm saying, it was kind of like it was, it was different yeah. than the experiences in the bedroom that I was having with the Lord and, and the growing and the reading the Word and the understanding. It was like being taken from a whole other country and put somewhere else where that that culture did things totally different. And um, so that's what I what I found as a teenager, going from that isolation to a 
church youth group? Well, you know, it's really interesting. What comes up to mind when you were saying about um, what you did and how you didn't fit in, and especially when you're, God was showing you so much, and you literally, as you know, the apostle said, I don't know if I was in my body or out of my body. More than likely, you were you were probably in the heavenlies. And there are many, you know, um, the, the revelation of the Bible is coming so more and more to people to realize, you know, we come from another kingdom, and there's a culture of the kingdom. First is the language, and that's what you got is the baptism of the whole Holy Spirit, which is the language. And this reminds me of a, some kids in, in France who um, that I had met, and they were in their room. Um, they have got together, and they said, well, we want to have this Holy Spirit, and we want to speak in tongues. And you know what? They did. The parents heard a bump, and they ran upstairs, and they were all out on the floor speaking in tongues. <laughs> Wow. So it That's is, amazing. You know, it just shows you that, like you said, the filter of being, you know, what we call church. God is like, you know, come unto me. He He saw your childlike faith. He saw your desire to know him. So that takes you through the teenage years. What happened when you were a, a young adult? Did I, you have the same thing? You're just a little bit, Kathy. Well, we just know the enemy doesn't like this, and we just bind you right now in the name of Jesus until you take your hands off of this airways. You cannot have your way in this place. Do I sound better? No, it's it's clipping out. It's cutting cutting out a lot. I'm missing every other word. Okay, Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We just worship you. We thank you. Said warfaring angel. We Thank will speak and you will let this go. In me, Jesus' name. Take your hands off, Satan. Okay. What about now? Sonia? Well, ask your question again. I can I can I'll piece it together. We're gonna forge forge through with this. I I'm I hear you together what you're saying. What I was saying is that that is when you were going through your teenage years. Now as you're an adult, um, you get married, you have children. Can you take us up to that point and what you were going through? Okay, I'm, I, I think you're asking, I, I, you're really cutting out, but I think what you're asking me is kind of update you from the point where I was a teenager and kind of what things happened there. Um what happened really is that I I grew in the Lord, and I really, um, I found that getting in, involved in, in church youth group, trying to get involved in church, I really loved, um, I love the Lord, I loved God's people, and I really just, I, my heart just burned for the things of God, I really wanted to serve the Lord with all of my heart. But I think what what I did find, find was that there there was that, that difference, you know what I'm saying, from that full force, headlong, going after God, pursuing the Lord with all of your heart, burning with fervency. I had that as a as a teenager. And as I grew and I and as I was more involved in the things of of of, of the church, that kind of thing, youth group, you know, those kinds of things, um I think as a as a person who was unchurched, I saw some things going on. It was a little bit disillusioned. It didn't disillusion me with God. I think a lot of people come into church, and, and church to them is um, people, and they don't really see God. But for me, I had that foundation of God. So seeing people blow it and mess up, um, it didn't change who God was in my life because I knew who he was before I knew who people were, <laughs> church people. So that really, that was good for me. That was a good foundation for me. But what did happen, I think, is that I did become a little more watered down. And because there was so much of a of a mix of, of the world in the church, I think that, that affected me. That, that you know, when, when you read in Leviticus and you've got all those laws about um, when you have mildew and when you have different skin diseases and you have these things, you have to cut them out, cut them off. You know, you, you have to separate those things because why is it that God did that? Because those things actually, they will infect and they will spread 
to everything that's around them. And I think for me that kind of happened some, that um, just being in in that a little bit, it, it, it affected me. And I think I became a little more, a little less sensitive to the Holy Spirit um, as I kind of grew in that a little bit more, just seeing some things happen in leadership, seeing some things happen with other Christians, seeing other Christian kids doing things, and and it it can just really uh, shake your world a little bit. And I think for me, too, at that time, going through the high school years, my, my home life was very unstable, and so I was moving from here to there, kind of had to stay with relatives, and I wasn't even staying with my mom, and so... I changed schools in my senior year. So there's a lot of things where I was holding on to the Lord. I mean, I wasn't by any means backsliding in in the sense that I was going back to the things of the world. That wasn't going to happen. But just that fervency, I think, to really, and and that maturity and having someone to come along and mentor me, I was lacking that. I was trying to still keep it going on my own. And, um, and, And so I was making... I, I was making decisions kind of the best I knew how, but not really with a full knowledge and understanding of, of I think, the things of the Lord. And so um, I got married when I was, I w- see, I went into the Air Force when I was 17, I believe, yeah, 17. I graduated when I was 17, went into the military and uh, really loved it. But that's a whole thing where you're just kind of out there in the world. And that was a different experience for me because I had always been pretty sheltered in a sense, grew up in the country, and even when I was living with relatives, I was extremely sheltered and just not out there. So this is the first time I had freedom, and um, and so I really had to really test, what do you really believe? You're out here now. Do you believe what you say you believe? And so that was a, a little bit of a challenge for me. Um, I did believe what I said I believed, but I also um, delved a little bit, not too much, but a little bit in the things of the world. And, and, um, and then I wound up getting married at 21, um, married an officer in the in the Air Force and got out of the military myself. I was enlisted, got out and um and 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 I think with that decision I I remember praying before I got married and saying, Lord, would you what would you have me do? And so that should have been a decision I was really praying and fasting about, but I, I just kind of was saying, God, what would you show me, what would you have me do in this? And I really wanted the Lord to show me from my heart. I really wasn't wanting to just step out and do what I wanted to do. I really did want to hear from God. And I thought, because I didn't hear the Lord say no, his silence, which I knew he didn't say. I didn't hear him say yes, but I did not hear him say no. He was silent. And I took that silence as, well, I guess you mean yes, you know, I guess <laughs> I shouldn't yes, because I don't hear you saying no. So I just ran with that, married this man, and Oh my goodness! Um, it seemed like bliss for a while, but you know the thing is, is he didn't have the same sense of fervency, and it was just we we didn't we were unequally yoked in that sense. I had such a passionate heart. I remember asking him even before we married, saying to him, you know, I know that I'm called into the ministry. I know that at some point I've got to serve God with all my heart. I had this burning passion always there, and I asked him, do you feel like that? You know, do you? <laughs> Do you have that too? And he was like, not really. You know, I just kind of thought he's he can fly planes, and so he'll just we I can see it now. He'll retire one day, and he'll fly missionary planes, and we'll drop food to people. And I had this whole vision of you know somehow we're going to do ministry, and yet his heart wasn't. And I and I think what I found is is because his heart was more towards the things of the world. And my heart was more towards the things of God. Even though I loved this person, even though I wanted this marriage to work, it was just, it was killing me on the inside. And and it wasn't really, he wasn't really, even though we seemed happy in the beginning of it and and just, oh, we're having fun and we're enjoying, by the time, you know, you're, you're into it for a while and you have children and life becomes more responsible, it's, we, I could see the differences, and I could see us slowly kind of going on different paths and having different um, values and, and different priorities. And that's a very painful and a sad realization when you realize, oh, oh, um, I'm in trouble a little bit. And you're wanting to kind of hide from that. And, and it was just lots of factors that worked into that. And I, and I think I found myself thinking, wow, I, I, I was moving away from... Um, the things of God more, not 
not going to church. We always went to church and things like that. But I'm saying that that fire inside of me was starting to die down quite a bit. And so I became just a regular church goer. You know, you I loved God, didn't want to hurt God, but it was just in order to for me to, to kind of align myself more with my my husband, I was kind of having to come away from aligning myself more with God just to kind of be more at peace with that whole situation and not wanting to look like I was quote unquote overboard with this God thing to him and and so it, I, I found myself having to um, once again kind of water things down just to fit in <laughs> and so yeah I, I think when you look at it I did that with my youth group and I did that in my marriage I had to do that and um, after so, about what three go ahead no, no. Can you hear me now? I wasn't sure if you could oh, or not. Oh, you sound great now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, intercessors, for praying. You, Father, we thank you. What I wanted to ask thank you, and you, I know the listeners are wondering, because I know that you're a devoted mother, and I know you were a devoted wife. Um, without getting in particular, we also know that you went through a divorce. And there's many people, including myself, that are divorced and think, well, you know, what what can I do now? And, you know, I'm a failure and, you know, God can't use me or, you know, just different things. What did God speak to you um, throughout the marriage and show you some things or did he warn you or, um, and again, you don't have to get specific, but just to kind of segue into from your divorce to feeling, okay, you know, there's some redemption here. You know, God is not finished with me. Yeah, I definitely went through um, a phase where when I saw the marriage starting to dissolve, it was extremely painful. I, I wanted to hide my head under, you know, and hide my head in the sand. I, I, I recognized, oh, this is bad. This is really getting bad. This is, I, I think this, I think we're in trouble. And um, And it wasn't like, he had come out and said anything, but I could just kind of see the writing on the wall with things. And it was just really, it was very, it was painful for me. Um, I was trying everything I could, but I could just see there were some things that had happened um, that that I was, I was just like, wow, this can't be happening. And I was starting to discover some things. And when I dis- made those discoveries and I confronted um, my husband at the time, I just, you know, the, the answers to those those confrontations, I realized, wow, you know, this is if if this did happen, this is really horrible. And so I knew I had to make a decision. I didn't want to make that decision. I felt like the decision, you know, I was like, Lord, you know, what what am I going to do? And so I just kind of remember wanting to act like nothing happened. I wanted to just go into a mode of denial, and yet the Lord loved me too much to let me stay in this this place where I would have just withered up and died. And so what happened, what wound up happening is is after kind of the confrontation, my ex, or at that time my husband, he he left. And he left the home, and I remember here I was with a seven-month-old. At the time, I'm trying to think, I, yeah, he was, my my youngest son was seven months old. I was still nursing him. And I had a son who was um, about three um, and a son who was uh, almost six. And so here I am with these children, you know, I think two, almost three, and a child was five, almost six, and and this little baby. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to do? And it was extremely scary for me. I was um, not anywhere near family, and even if I had been, I didn't have a very close and supportive family in that way. They weren't. And so I was having to try to navigate in this new place with um, with with military friends, but all of my military friends, we had been there for probably about five, six years, they had all moved and gotten orders. So I was new to everything, um, new church, new neighbors, new everything. And having to go through this painful situation, I, it really caused me to cling to the Lord. And I remember just crying, and I just remember I didn't feel like getting up in the morning. I just didn't feel like combing my hair, brushing my teeth. I didn't feel like doing anything. And I remember the Lord just kind of, dealing with me like, Sonia, you've got to get up and do something. What did you do before this man came into your life? You know, you had me, and you still have me now that he's gone. Get up. Right. <laughs> Wash your hair. Do something. <laughs> well, Wash Sonia, your face and get up, you know. And I was just kind of like, 
well, yeah, huh, I guess that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I did have God before, <laughs> and I do have God still now. How about that? He <laughs> is, true. as you say, that mountain that stands by us. We run to that mountain. That mountain doesn't move. That mountain stands by us no matter what in life we go through. And for me, I have realized that, you know what, things can come in, things can go out, but if I've got Jesus, there's a, a song we used to sing back in those old country churches with the wood floors and everybody tapped their feet, you know, it was long, long, long as I got them, I don't need nobody else, you know, <laughs> long as I got King Jesus. And so I think for me, that is the truth. I mean, it can sound good on paper, but I know it as a fact in my life that as long as I've got him, as long as I've got him, I don't need, may want, may desire, but don't need anybody but the Lord. And he will bring to me from that need whatever else that I have need of. He will give it to me. And so I've really come to really trust him. And I think through the years of just seeing the Lord, I don't have close ties with family. I don't have all of that. Some people have aunts and uncles and moms and dads and sisters and brothers. And that has always been kind of like a little bit of a sadness to me that I, I've, I've lacked that. I don't have that. But what I lack there, God more than makes up for, for in my life by being so real to me. He is, like when I think of, you know, the scripture that says, all I have in, all I have in heaven is you, you know, that, that's how I feel. You know, I've really got the Lord. And having him that way, having that assurance in him, that's what's done it for me. He is my glory and the lifter of my head. Because there was a time when I was walking around with these three kids, and I, I didn't even want to look people in the eye. I felt so ashamed and embarrassed that I was a divorced Christian woman. I didn't even think I had a mouth to speak with. How could I speak to anybody when I had fell and fallen and I was in this category? And I would be sitting in a church service with these small children without a husband, and I would hear preaching like, we've got murder going on now. I mean, our society is falling apart. We've got rape. We've got all the, you know, they've extortion. And we've got thieves. And we've got, you know, and all these things. And then you would hear, and there's the divorce, you know. And you just like, divorce? Man, I'm with the murderers and the, you know, the <laughs> rapists. <laughs> you were in that category. Now I was put in the category of criminals. And I just kind of felt like, wow, I, I just can't even look up. And, and so now when I sign my books, I always sign them that he is the glory and the lifter of my head. So I remember him saying, Sonia, I walk beside you. Now you can hold your head up because I walk beside you. You do not walk alone. And Amen. you hold your head up and you act like you're somebody. And from that point, I was like, Wow. And he began to do things that made me feel like I was somebody. And I remember just thinking, man, are we, you know, you hear about a broken family. I'm like, man, I guess we're broken now. And the Lord is like, you don't have to live like that. I mean, you don't, de you don't let people determine who you are and put a label on you. Now, you can choose to be a broken something if you want to be. <laughs> <laughs> or you can choose to be whole because I made you whole. And, you know, you can have whatever and be broken. But if I'm in the picture, I don't have anything that's broken. I have whole things. So Woof. walk with me and you are whole. And I was like, All oh, right. I like that. <laughs> well, Sonia, I just want to say there has been a, um, two people that had their hands up. And I want to tell the callers, if you want to talk to Sonia right now, the number is one eight zero five two nine two. 0338 and push one with your hand up and if those callers that had their hand up we're going to take you right now when i see your hand go up we'll have you talk to sonia because she has some this is just she's power packed she's full of the holy spirit she has so much to say and we have so much to cover so whenever you have your hand up we're going to bring you on so just be patient because god is really wanting us to get a lot out in it in the hour show and with sonia with that you have um matter of fact let's go on and go a couple of years when um when i met you um uh, there was a single parent conference the lord told me to have back in 2008 and um we met and you came there and Matter of fact, she gave me a prophetic word, <laughs> and just tell me about how how you came to come to the conference, what happened, and what happened afterwards. I remember from from what I remember because it was a, it was a while back. I remember um, I I found out about the conference. I was was at a I think it was Benny Hinn. Um, was having a conference here in the in, in the area, the Tidewater area of Virginia where I live, and um, 
But there was a woman there that I just happened to kind of have a conversation with and uh, hadn't seen her before or anything. And she said to me about about a conference that was going to be in, in Maryland. or Was that Maryland, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, Maryland? I mean, that's a long ways away. I don't know anything about you know, this person, I don't know anything about this conference, and, and, um, and, I, and I was walking away as she was telling me, really kind of blowing it off, and, uh, and she says, well, just pray and ask God if you should go. I thought, man, well, nobody ever told me to do that kind of that way. <laughs> so I remember thinking, well, am I supposed to go? Maybe I should ask God instead of just deciding that what I'm going to do and not do here, and uh, just because it's a long ways away. And when I when I started praying about it, all of a sudden I felt like I was supposed to go. So I I called you up. I told you what my situation was, and you were like, "I'm going to pray about this too." And that was the first time I had talked to you. And I just kind of thought, "Man, I really like her spirit." And long story short, uh, I went up there. It was all taken care of. God blessed my three sons and I went to this incredibly beautiful place. You had this amazing conference up there. I just looked at this and I thought, this is so wonderful. It, it has fed my soul. I just needed that. It was like I didn't realize how dry I was and, 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 and what a blessing it was for my children. They needed they needed it too. We needed to go somewhere and just vacate for a while and just be somewhere where we could just enjoy the word and enjoy fun and just be surrounded by all this beauty. And that's exactly what happened. And and so when I was there, you you had spoken a word that God was going to really birth ministries from, from that conference. And sure mm-hmm. enough, it was like from that point, something just began to start exploding in me with with just God was saying, do this, do that, do this. And it kind of took a while for all those things to come, but they did come. And uh, so it was really a, a blessing for us to be there. Well, you know what, especially a woman of faith, God had told me to have a conference. Didn't let me know until midway through that everyone coming he was going to pay for. And I didn't have the money, but when God said he's going to provide, he also provides the per- the people. And also, this was the first time you got to hear Alan and Renee. And for the oh. listeners, go back and, and listen to the interview with Alan and Renee and hear their sound, the glory the glory matter of fact that their first cd came from when they recorded at the conference and alan shared in the interview that he wasn't too sure if other people could so when you heard that sound what how did you know what was going on because i know what it did to me what did it do to you i remember listening to alan and renee's music and i thought oh my goodness (laughs) i have just (laughs) entered the throne room he was just lost, and I think I love that about them is that they just got lost with God. And if we wanted to come and join in, we could, or we could just sit there with our mouths hanging open, or we could <laughs> hold our arms and, and, and be stubborn and not enter in or whatever. But he was going to go and worship his God, and I love that. It's like he shut, he shuts off. They shut off the world. They shut off the world. They shut out the world. They shut out everybody, and they're not performing for anybody. They're not trying to find out what you like. They wanted to know, what does Jesus like? What do you want to hear? How can I worship you? How can I praise you? How can I dance before you like David danced? How can I, I surrender and give all? And I think I, that resonated with my spirit. I, I sensed that. I entered into that. I, I joined with that. And I just think that sweet fellowship of, of them being completely abandoned was so beautiful to me. I mean, it was so absolutely wonderful to me that I, I really, I just was, I was amazed with it. And I, and I just thought, man, please, can you guys make a CD or give us a CD or something? Give us a part of this to take back with us. So it was incredible. They are just an amazing, anointed, humble, and they love Jesus. They love the Lord with all their hearts. And so that's really awesome. I know. And they, we've, we've grown our family. You're included now. <laughs> So with that, after this, I want you to talk about not only the conferences that you've had, but this last one, and share with the listeners what you shared with me 
um, about the, the conference, but also what you taught there. And this song right now is called In Return. Tree. 
And so if God speaks to it, that's the important thing. It wasn't about the rods. See, the, the, and, I, and when I did the conference, I gave, gave everybody sticks. And I told them, okay, mm-hmm. now let's read this part of the scriptures. And we would read the part where, where God turned the water to blood. So I said, okay, everybody take your rod in hand, and I want you to lift it up. Now, the Bible says that Moses took the rod because God told him to, and he waved it over all of the land. And so everybody waved, they took their sticks and waved them across the room. <laughs> And I said, now, was that hard or was that easy? And they said, easy. I said, now, let's look at what God did. God turned all the sea and all the water in the entire land into blood, everything in the jars, the pots of clay. And and I said, and even the toilets, if they had toilets back then, (laughs) I said, everything that was water turned into blood, no matter where it was hidden at, it was blood. I said, now, that was hard. And then I said, okay, look at when the when all of the, the frogs and the, when there were, all the frogs were everywhere in the land. All he did was take a stick, wave it across. That was easy. Having all those frogs cover the entire land. Guess what? That's hard. When all the dust turned gnats everywhere. All Moses did was wave that rod. <laughs> How easy is that? So I started trying to get everybody to see, you know what? It's not about what you have. It's not about how how talented you are or how not so talented you are. Those are not the things that you need to be looking at. Who do you need to be looking at? We do the easy stuff. It's God who does the hard stuff. All he wanted was a willing vessel. And that's exactly what we have to be is willing in the hands of the Lord to do whatever he tells us to do. When you look at what an incredible miracle it was when the sea was parted. I mean, we all we read about that. And, and, and if you ever saw the Ten Commandments, <laughs> and you saw that wall. I mean, that oh, was yes. an incredible sight to see those walls of water on either side. And it says to the depth of the sea, the the, the Earth was dry as could be to the depths of the very sea, the deepest part. Is that not amazing? The deepest part was as dry as could be. And here all he does is takes that rod and hold it up. And all this happens. Well, I'm like, come on. We, we look at this, and we, we, I think we sometimes look at people in the Bible and we think, wow. I mean, what they possess. I'm like, look, the dude was carrying a stick, you know? <laughs> you know? The dude it. couldn't even I talk, and he it. was carrying a stick. Okay, and he did this, you know? So I think we look at we have to have so much, and how foolish is that? And see, I think we wouldn't have pride. I think the sad thing is, is people are sitting there saying, well, you know what? I have engineered a high-powered fan, and when I plugged my fan in, and it blew the breeze. And we're looking at stuff, and I mean <laughs> – Come on, you're talking about the, a whole sea party and the depth of it being dry. Your fan had nothing to do with it. Thank you. <laughs> and yet we walk around with thinking like somehow we had something to do with why well, you know I'm a real prayer whatever intercessor. It's like, look, your part was easy when God moved and when God closed up the sky. It says, you know, a lot what He was a man just like we are, you know, and yet God heard Elijah. You know, He was a man just like we are with the same kinds of feelings, the same kinds of everything that we have, and yet God shut the the sky of rain. So I think we have to realize who is God. It's all about your relationship with the Lord. It's all about your death. If you give God your ordinary, you might say, I don't have anything, but are you willing to release it to the Lord? You know, it's just like that song, in return for a torn life, he'll give you life abundantly. And so we have to be willing to, to give what we have to him, and really release it and let it go. And that right there, um, sometimes we, we're looking at it, we're holding on to something, but it's it's hard because we're we're human. We think, what if we don't get anything in return? I mean, that song is in return. But I think we, we, we feel like, oh, but what if I don't? And what is that? What is that based on? That's based on fear. You cannot please God and operate and function in fear. You will do nothing great. You might as well just hold on to your ordinary, put it in your back pocket, and sit on it because you're going to keep it. You don't keep ordinary for a long, long time. <laughs> you're going to have to exercise some faith, and faith you can't see 
where faith is taking you. Faith will take you into things that you cannot see because faith is the substance of only a hoped-for thing. It's only what you're hoping for, and it's the evidence in your heart and mind of things that you do not see. So if you're seeing it already, that ain't a faith thing. It's not a faith thing. So you have to be willing to step out in faith because, see, God is only pleased with somebody who's operating in in a spirit of faith. So you have to be able to give him something. And, see, our society is like, you know, we hear crazy stuff. You know, like, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. Well, I'm like, what, what's with that? That's a total non-faith thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm like, but the Israelites came up with that statement. I'm like, come on, what's with this bird in hand stuff? We we teach people that kind of thing. Oh, it's security, security. You know what? We've got to step out. You will never do anything extraordinary in life. Even the world knows that. But see, what we have, what what you find is that the world will pat somebody on the back. When when they do something great, but they won't pat faith on the back because they see that as stupidity. But see, the what does God mm. use? He uses the foolish things to mm. confound the wise. And you know and what so I we heard? Have to be, go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was just saying when, and I heard that he uses the foolish things to confound. I heard this from Miles Monroe. He said he uses the foolish things to confound the wise, but he doesn't use foolish people. Oh, I like yeah. that. I like well, that. Well, Sonia, we have four minutes left. I want you, because your passion, and ladies and gentlemen, if you can't see it, she is on fire, and I love it. <laughs> and I, I do. We, we, I love it. This is, this is just so, I just love this. I just love what God is doing. You have a passion for people not to miss their destiny. And in the three yeah. minutes relate, remaining, I want you to give some information so people can get in touch with you because if you want to write a book, she has a small publishing um, firm. She also does editing. If you want to speak to her, put give that out. But I also want you to speak to the people and say a prayer, and then we'll take it on out. All righty. If you want to get my book, After Winter Comes Spring, it will really touch your heart. It will restore you. I pray that it would restore anybody who read it, and I have heard people say it over and over and over again. To, to get that book, or if you want to get in touch with me for publishing or for editing, any of that, the, this is there where you need to write, um, Simply Seasons Publishing, and it's P.O. Box 4110, Newport News, Virginia, 23604. That's how you would get in touch with me. Or you could also go to my to to my email, write me at my email, simply seasons publish at myway dot com. Okay, now take us on and out. Also, pray. Uh, a telephone number I could give to people if they wanted to contact me is seven five seven three zero three zero zero nine five. Okay. Praise God. Okay, Sonia, take us on out. You've got, there's listeners listening now and in the archive. What would you want the final thing to say from your heart, from what the Lord's put there? One one thing I want to share with, with everyone is, is there's a scripture in, in Exodus where, where Moses is is asking God, who are you going to, who are you going to, have go with me. And this is past the Aaron thing because God has already shown him that. But he was getting ready to take him to a different level. And and Moses was wanting someone to go with him to that place to do those things. And and so he was waiting and waiting and waiting for God to show him, okay, who 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 is it going to be? And God said to him, I will go with you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how beautiful is that? And so Moses responds, kind of the Sonia paraphrase, that's great. Now, I'm not moving if you don't go. You are going, right, God? Because, see, I'm not going to go anywhere. If you, and it was like this joy came upon Moses that, wow, you're going with me? I can do this. And that's the thing that I want you to see. As long as God goes with you, you can do anything. You can do whatever God has called you to do. Make sure that you're not seeking the thing. You're not seeking the destiny, but you're seeking God. He says, seek me first in my righteousness and all other things I will add to you. So seek God. Seek that relationship with him. 
seek to love him. Don't have an agenda of what you want from him. Just simply love him. And I tell you what, he will pour the blessings upon you in heaps and piles. So I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I just pray a special blessing upon all of those who are listening. You do have a special destiny for them because you love them so much. They are somebody because you made them somebody. You care for them. You made them in your image. May they not miss their moment with their destiny because they've not missed their moment with you. There is nothing more important than them being with you, pouring time into you because you will pour into them. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Bless Kathy. Bless just everything that she's doing, Father God, as she glorifies your name. And bless those listeners right now. For it's the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, sister in the Lord. Thank you, my friend. Thank Thank you, Sonia. All right, everyone. Contact her. You will totally be blessed. We have been blessed. Thank you so much for being that woman of God that God has called you. And I just pray a special blessing over you, that, Father, that you just keep her and guide her and keep her as you have been. And we just love you, and we love you, and we love you, and we love Sonia. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next time. Bye. For people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go. your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.